Welcome to Minnesota Matters. I'm Scott Peterson, and I'm joined by MNN's Bill Werner, Tasha Radel, and Mike Grimm. We're going to delve into what's going on in the North Star State. If it matters in Minnesota, we've got it covered. This week, trucking in Minnesota, space at the Science Museum, and the Golden Gopher basketball team deals with a significant injured player. But first... As Minnesotans wait to see what the U.S. Supreme Court does on Roe v. Wade, Minnesota's governor this week continued trying to get a deal with Republicans on tax relief and the budget surplus. Even as hopes faded for a special session, Bill Werner joins us with an update. Scott, after doubling the money last weekend to $2,000 per couple, Governor Tim Walls this week doubled down on his revived plan to send $4 billion of the state's budget surplus back to Minnesotans in the form of rebate checks. I agree 100% Republicans. This was their message last uh, November when they held a press conference and said, give the surplus back. We agree with them. That's exactly what we should do. It's a simple vote. Come in one vote. Minnesota will be able to receive this check. Senate Republican Majority Leader Jeremy Miller responded, This latest stunt feels like a desperate attempt by the governor to distract voters from his record of higher taxes. Miller pointing to the governor's proposal for a fifth income tax bracket for top earners, plus his repeated pushes to increase Minnesota's gasoline tax. Walls fired back. Senate Republicans are admiring the problems and telling everyone how much gas is and how much things are with no concrete plan to fix it. Just ask anybody on the street. Go to a gas pump, especially in essence. Do you think Minnesota should use their surplus to give back $2,000 to help pay for this? Um, I'm pretty sure that polls around 90%. Republican Majority Leader Miller responded. The vast majority of the people I talk to would much rather have permanent ongoing tax relief. And while the governor is proposing $4 billion surplus dollars for tax relief, Miller says Senate Republicans are pretty firm on $8.5 billion. And what about splitting the difference? $4 billion for rebate checks, $4 billion in permanent tax cuts. We are open to any ideas to put money back in the pockets of hardworking Minnesotans. But Miller said rebates must not be federally taxable, and he and Walls disagree on whether they would be. President Biden weighed in on the debate when he spoke about efforts to lower gasoline prices and lessen their burden on families. Governor Walls proposes using state budget surpluses to give households a rebate that will help them pay for gas at the pump or other essential needs. I'm calling on more states and local governments to take actions like these. Meanwhile, Republican candidate for Governor Scott Jensen challenged Democratic Governor Walls Prove this isn't a gimmick. Call the legislature back for a special session to approve using a chunk of the state's budget surplus for Walls checks. But Jensen says... The idea of saying, we owe you a dollar, but we're going to give you 50 cents, and we're hoping that you'll be happy with that. That doesn't strike a chord that I think uh, Minnesotans are going to be impressed with. Jensen says the governor also has a problem that the DFL-controlled Minnesota House is not likely to go along with his plan for Walls checks. House Speaker Melissa Hortman said she has not brought it up to the DFL caucus, but, quote, my sense is that they would approve. However, it is unclear whether her fellow Democrats would abandon their spending proposals, which helped to contribute to meltdown at the end of the regular session one month ago. And Hortman said, although she supports the governor's plan, I see no reason we couldn't come back and do the entire deal, plus provide some immediate assistance to Minnesota families. Portman contends investments in education and other programs are necessary to move the state forward, but Republicans are resisting any additional spending. 
as Minnesota and the nation await a U.S. Supreme Court ruling which could overturn the landmark 1973 Roe v. Wade decision. Minnesota Attorney General Keith Ellison this week stressed that regardless of what happens, abortion will still be legal in Minnesota. No one who travels from another state to seek an abortion that's legal in Minnesota is going to be prosecuted. No one from another state who has a miscarriage while in Minnesota will be prosecuted. No one helping someone else travel from another state to seek an abortion in Minnesota that's legal in Minnesota will be prosecuted. And no provider who travels from another state to provide an abortion that's legal in Minnesota will be prosecuted. Obviously, we're very close to an election, and he's trying to shore up his base with his abortion advertising. Said Scott Fishbach with Minnesota Citizens Concern for Life. Sarah Stace, CEO of Planned Parenthood North Central States, predicting an influx of women to Minnesota from surrounding states, which will have abortion bans or tougher restrictions if the U.S. Supreme Court overturns Roe v. Wade. If the federal protection falls, it is on us to make sure that we are good neighbors and that we are able to welcome women into our state so that they can be cared for. MCCL's Fishbach responds. I don't necessarily agree with them that Minnesota is going to become some type of an abortion magnet. He notes Minnesota has an abortion waiting period, informed consent, and parental involvement laws. In Minnesota, we also have a very strong network of care centers that are willing to help women with alternatives so that they don't have to go ahead with that abortion. Meanwhile, Planned Parenthood's Stace warns of limitations on how that organization would be able to help people in their home states. But she says once they come to Minnesota, they'll be, quote, welcomed and cared for with open arms and with compassion and dignity. The pending Supreme Court decision could have a profound effect on this summer and fall's campaign leading up to the November midterm elections. Fishbach says the 1995 Doe v. Gomez ruling by the Minnesota Supreme Court, effectively establishing a right to abortion under the state constitution, he says that needs to be overturned, and he says that could be done by a constitutional amendment or legislation challenging the legal precedent or... To elect Minnesota Supreme Court justices that actually are going to be willing to uh, respect the the Constitution. He says another option is to elect a pro-life governor. And Scott, pro-choice candidates will undoubtedly be fighting equally hard for undecided voters between now and November. Thank you, Bill. Minnesota Matters returns after this. Minnesota Rural Electric Cooperatives. Who are we? We're your neighbors, co-workers, and friends. That's right, we live and work in the community too. Because of that, we're committed to making sure our electric services stay reliable, affordable, and safe. Throughout the state, Minnesota electric co-ops work independent of each other, but with the same goal, provide power to Minnesota. You have so many other things to worry about. Your electricity isn't one of them. Minnesota Rural Electric Cooperatives, bringing power to the people of Minnesota. Ranger Station. Yeah, hi. I'd like to report a bear sighting in the forest. Uh-huh. One second I'm having a smoke. Next thing I know, I'm face-to-face with Smokey Bear. Wow. And he told me it only takes one spark to start a wildfire. Did you know nine out of ten wildfires are caused by humans? I had no idea. That's why Smokey's famous and you're not. If you see someone in danger of starting a wildfire, step in and make a difference. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Learn more at SmokeyBear.com. Only you can prevent wildfires. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. High diesel fuel prices are taking a toll on Minnesota's trucking industry. Tasha Radel has more. 
Joining me today is John Hausladen, President and CEO of the Minnesota Trucking Association. Since 1932, the Minnesota Trucking Association has been a powerful voice for the trucking industry. Well, John, I'm going to dive right in. How is the industry holding up? Minnesota runs on trucks, trucks run on diesel, and with diesel this high, everybody's being affected, regardless of the size of the fleet. Uh, These are just costs they can't absorb, and they have to pass them through to their customers, which ultimately affect everything we buy. And if they can't pass it along, then uh, companies may have to close the door. Uh, So it's a real challenge. I know President Biden is pushing for a three-month gas tax holiday. At issue is the 18.4 cents a gallon federal tax on gas and the 24.4 cents a gallon federal tax on diesel fuel. Would this provide any relief to truckers across the state? We oppose the fuel tax holiday that President Biden is proposing. Uh, We've worked very hard as an industry to develop sustainable, predictable funding for roads. And frankly, all this is going to do is take money away from roads or it's going to increase deficit spending to somehow backfill the need. So it's a short-term gimmick, frankly, that isn't going to be meaningful. We want meaningful change and opening pipelines, allowing drilling, not forcing alternatives upon us that we're not ready for, We just need an all-above approach, really, and it needs to be systemic. And unfortunately, uh, this administration has sort of put the brakes on a lot of things that could be helping right now. I know for the past several months there have been a lot of supply chain issues. Have things improved within the trucking industry? The supply chain is working, but it's a little bit in fits and starts. When we talk to our members, we hear that uh, on a given day, It could be fuel pumps. It could be the next day brake pads. The next day it could be uh, sensor chips. So overall it's better, but there are still challenges, and it's now very sort of price or product specific, more product specific. Uh, And what we would say is we're still behind in terms of just building the equipment. You know, we're about a year behind really, so even though the – Manufacturers seem to be staying on the plan for the year. They're still behind, you know, where fleets want to be. So we still see fleets hanging on to equipment longer than they planned, and so that's driving up maintenance costs, and then it's a bigger scramble for those parts. Minnesota is seeing record low unemployment, and there are worker shortages pretty much across all sectors. How is the trucking industry holding up? Trucking is facing a workforce shortage just like every sector Drivers in the seats are the most critical, but technicians to keep the vehicles running. And then, frankly, you know, good back office talent, you need all of these to make your team go. So just like every industry, trucking has those pressures. And, you know, we continue to work work to address them the best we can. John, I know this is kind of a no-brainer question, but how critical is the trucking industry in Minnesota? Minnesota has a significant trucking industry because we are a state that makes things. I mean, ultimately, trucks have to haul things. And so whether it's aggregate or forced products that are raw or finished 
materials. We have a lot of manufacturing and cabinetry or high-end things like med tech, the really small devices. Uh, we make a lot of things, so we need a significant trucking industry. We need it strong, and uh, I just want to assure everyone that it's not a time to panic. Trucks are going to be here. We're going to do the job. But patience is the watchword because things could be slower. Well, we're about out of time. Anything you wanted to add today, John? This weekend, we are holding our state truck driving championships where we have about 70 drivers who are going to compete in nine classes. Uh, to have the opportunity to go to the national truck driving championships, and we are so excited because this is an opportunity to showcase these great men and women and their skill. Uh, this isn't NASCAR. This is precision. So we have a skills course. We have a written examination. We actually have uh, what we call a, a pre-trip competition where we plant defects, and they have to find them under a time condition. It's fun. It's exhausting. But it really promotes and shows how great this industry is and the fine people in it. And where is that being held this year, John? This is being held at Reem Kenworth in Coon Rapids, Minnesota, uh, on Saturday, starting bright and early at 8, and we go till about 5, and then we have uh, the second day of competition runoffs on Sunday from about 9 to noon, and uh, we look forward to having folks join us. Thanks again to my guest, John Hausladen, President and CEO at Minnesota Trucking Association. Back to you, Scott. Thank you, Tasha. We'll have more Minnesota Matters after this. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. The Science Museum of Minnesota's summer-long emphasis on space is well underway. Reporter J.W. Cox checks in with a report on the out-of-this-world programming. Scott, so far, the summer of space has been an interstellar success. Carolyn Robinson works at the Science Museum of Minnesota and gets to see people interacting with the Sun-Earth-Universe exhibit and the Journey to Space exhibit each day. I was walking through them the other day, and it's just really cool to see kids, students, some adults going through and you can see them, you can see them learning, which sounds kind of cheesy, but it's so interesting to see there are different engineering skills and different scientific concepts that you can test and see what they look like. And then you're learning about the way that that impacts our ability to thrive and work in space. And so there are a lot of hands-on activities uh, that test your building, that test your physics knowledge, and it's really interactive and just a really active way of learning about these STEM concepts. And I think it's something that, you know, you see a lot of students doing that, but as an adult, if you're familiar with the concepts, it's probably fun to uh, play with those concepts in real life. And if you're less familiar, it's a great way to learn about them and really be able to conceptualize, oh, this is what those concepts mean. Robinson says the reception of the exhibit has proven their thought that now was the right time to throw a spotlight on space. There's such an increased interest in space travel and, you know, private spacecraft 
and things that NASA is doing. And even, you know, if you're a Star Wars fan, there's a new Star Wars series out. Uh, that's something that I was certainly thinking about as I was walking through our new exhibit. So there's space in the news. I think as humans, there's always some wonder about space, you know, in our minds and in our hearts. We look up at the night sky and we wonder what is going on up there. What, you know, can we access all of that? What would that take? And so that's what our Summer of Space is all about at the Science Museum. Our Journey to Space exhibition is uh, built with support from NASA, and it just explores how do we even live in space on the International Space Station or how do we travel the space and what would a future in space look like? For people coming from around the state, Robinson says the exhibit offers plenty to see over a long weekend. I would say that Journey to Space has a lot to experience, a lot to read, a lot to uh, do hands-on activities. I definitely bring bring your patients if you want to do all of those activities, or uh, if you're especially if you're coming without kids, come at sort of our quieter times. Um, and we definitely find that our members come back multiple times throughout an exhibit and are spending a few hours in the traveling exhibits. And then, you know, the Omni Theater movies, those are going to take some chunk of your time. If you see both of them, that's some time. And then, of course, we have our resident exhibits uh, that we're proud of. So, yeah, I would say that you could definitely do a little St. Paul staycation or spread it out over a couple of days over the month. Uh, it's definitely more than a one-day journey. Robinson says it's been a joy to see how people engage in active learning around the concepts presented in the Summer of Space. Kind of the, the mission part of the Science Museum of uh, making science learning accessible. And then for me personally, uh, like I said, I am a Star Wars fan. And so in that universe, you get to see different planets and all these different worlds. And that's what I think of when I go through this exhibit of kind of that sci-fi and actual science tie of, okay, this is what it would take to kind of make these worlds and these stories actually possible for us. And it's just really fun to imagine about that. Besides that goal of active learning, the museum also has a goal of opening up that learning opportunity to as many people as possible. We have a variety of membership options and access programs that we're really trying to make the space of the Science Museum and STEM learning accessible to everyone. So I just really encourage people to check out the website and look at the membership options and the access options and find something that works best for them. Um, it's something that's really important to us. Space is such a fantastical topic and we really want people to use their imaginations and see themselves in science as much as possible. Journey to Space at the Science Museum now through September 5th. For more information, visit smm.org space. This is Ground Control to Major Scott. Back to you. Thank you, JW, for that report and for that David Bowie reference. I caught it. More Minnesota Matters after this.
your surgery is over. Oh, it's over? What happened? Hi, Mr. Detweiler. Dr. Newman here. You have a new knee. It went great. You'll be up and around before you know it. And it's all because of you. Uh, what did I do? You were captain of Team Detweiler. You told us everything we needed to know. Your medical history, your allergies and prescription meds. You asked me tons of questions. What your options to surgery might be, what to expect during recovery. You even asked me how many knee replacements I've already done. Huh, I guess I did kind of run the whole operation, didn't I? Mr. Detweiler, we couldn't have done it without you. Patient safety. It takes a team. And patient involvement is key. A public service message from the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons. With more tips at orthoinfo.org slash patient safety. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. The Golden Gopher basketball team suffered an unfortunate injury this past week during summer workouts. Minnesota forward Parker Fox of Matamidi missed all of last year with a knee injury. He suffered the same injury on the other knee this week and likely will miss the upcoming season. MNN Sports Director Mike Grimm spoke with Gopher head coach Ben Johnson about the injury. First off, you know, you feel you feel for Parker. I think I told the team, you know, there's only a handful of guys that were here last year that saw the work that he put in to get his body to this point. And, the, you know, the tireless hours that he spent doing rehab, um, you know, doing strength and conditioning – that got him to a place where he felt really comfortable and really good and was ready to roll and was excited. Uh, and then to see it happen on a fluke injury, a fluke play, um, you know, it just it, it does. It kills you uh, because you, you just know the type of effort and the type of competitor. And, and you know, he he made the move to transfer it so he could play here. Right. And, and at the end of the day, you know, and and to not have that opportunity now going on for the, the second year is tough. But if there's a kid that can handle adversity a lot like Eric, it's 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 Parker. You know, he's just he's got a good way about him. He's able to flip the narrative and he's able to go through the process because he's mentally tough. And and that's one thing I talked to him about today even was there's good and bad with having this injury. The good and the bad is that he 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 knows what's up. He knows what's coming. The bad part is he knows what's coming, you know, and, and now you have that mental battle. And I told him, because of that, you just got to worry about the day-to-day. Mm-hmm. You can't look at the calendar and say, oh, man, I got another five months. I got another six months. There's another seven months. You have to just worry about, you know what? I attacked it today. I got my rehab. I got better today. I'm going to worry about tomorrow when tomorrow comes. Okay. So it's a little bit more manageable. And, but that that is that is going to be the challenge for him. You know, he tore his, his ACL almost the exact same way on the other knee, Jeez. and um, it's frustrating. I told him it it sucks. It's it's okay to own that and to come to grips with that. But you know, he's going to have to do what he's got to do after surgery to get mentally right and get better. And then same thing with our team. It sucks to lose a guy like Parker. It sucks to lose his experience, his physicality, his competitiveness. But nobody feels sorry for us. You know, nobody cares. And now we've got to be able to regroup. And I just told our guys that it's an opportunity for other guys to step up. But then it's also now there's an expectation. Uh, somebody's got to replace his physicality. Um, we got to do that as parts and as a whole. And, you know, replace his competitiveness, his, his fire, his energy. And I think we will. Um, but we've got, to, we've got to work on that every day. And I'm sure, you know, the, the – 
outcome, so to speak, in terms of how quickly you can come back? Because, you know, the, the, the medicine is getting better with those. Is there, you know, I suppose surgery is coming soon, but is there a chance that at some point, maybe late in the year, he could he could offer this team some, some minutes on the floor? Yeah, I'm going to approach it just like last year. If he's able to, without taking shortcuts that mm-hmm. put him in danger, then great. I think we almost got to look at his worst case scenario where he's probably not going to be with it this year. I just want to make sure we do right by him and that he doesn't feel there's an expectation of him to come back. That's it. The only expectation is for you to get right and get healthy. And, you know, again, if that's at the end of this year, great. If it's not till next year, then it is what it is. But um, we owe that to him to to give him his due time and, and let him go through the process the right way. And, and then got to let the, the chips fall where they may, kind of. Man, just a heartbreaker because he was, you know, so excited to be back. And he was looking good, right? I mean, he was – even late last year, I was watching some of the shoot-arounds and different things. And, I mean, he's he's jumping to the top of the backboard and doing different things. So I know that, you know, he was counting on being a big piece of this resurgence, right? Yeah, no, he was. And, again, it, the mental piece – you know, some people, if you, if you haven't been hurt or you haven't played in sports, the mental piece to get over and get in the right mind frame is so much harder than the physical piece. And he was mentally finally mm-hmm. in it where I don't think he was thinking about the knee when we were practicing. And so it's like the minute that you finally cross that last hurdle, bam, you know, adversity hits. So that's the tough part. But again, you know, I just told him, you know, you're, you're a tough dude. You, you, you've been through it. You, there's no reason why you can't go through it again. And again, he's got a great outlook on it. And uh, and I expect him to, to attack it and, and come back and be just as strong as he was before. And then you mentioned, I mean, there is that pragmatic side. You mentioned the message of the team is, you, you know, the rest of us have to pick up. Is there, from that standpoint too, is it too late here in June to scramble and maybe find a kid out there in the portal that could potentially offer some help? I mean, the good news is I think you have some good depth at that you know, at the front court a little bit more than last year, but is is that maybe a possibility too? Yeah, there's a possibility. I mean, we've looked we've looked at every possible angle, um, and we we will continue. I think we you know we it's my job. I I, uh, I have to put together the best team possible for us uh, to compete, and so you know we gotta we gotta look under every single possibility, whether that's a transfer, international, late high school, somebody in the portal, somebody to reclass. Um, you know, we, we, we owe it to, to this program to do that. So, you know, we will. And if it makes sense, then we'll move on it. And if it doesn't make sense, then we won't. I think the, the biggest thing you have to look at is it can't be, you know, a, a short-term fix for a long-term problem. Right. Meaning – you know, I don't want to make a knee-jerk reaction or take a guy, and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, it might help us in the short term, but then it's going to put us in a bind with the kids in the 24 class or the kids in the 23 class, especially the 23 class, which is going to sign in the fall. You don't want to, you know, you take a kid, and then all of a sudden the kid in the 23 looks at it and goes, well, wait a minute. Right. You just got this kid. Well, he plays my same position. Or how does that affect the depth chart now for years to come? And so um, you just got to be smart, and, and you got to look at the – the total piece, and at the same time, you know, be able to, to put the best team together on the court to win games. That's Gopher head coach Ben Johnson with MNN Sports Director Mike Grimm. The entire interview can be heard on a podcast at talknorth.com. That is going to do it for us for this week. Thank you so much for listening, and please tune in again next week for Minnesota Matters on this MNN station. Mm-hmm.